Hello, everyone. This is Jamie DiPolo. I'm the senior editor here at breastcancer.org. And my guest today to talk about some of the research that was presented over the last few days at the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium is our medical advisor, Dr. Brian Wojciechowski. Welcome, Dr. Brian. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well. So we have quite a few studies to talk about today. I think we're going to talk about uh, five or six, so we'll just get right to it. Um, there was lots of research that came out or was presented at San Antonio at the uh, symposium this year. One of the um, biggest ones, I think they got the most media coverage, there was a study that looked at using the aromatase inhibitor aromasin along with ovarian suppression in premenopausal women who were diagnosed with early stage breast cancer. And if I'm remembering correctly, it looked like the researchers found out that using aromasin plus ovarian suppression, ovarian suppression gave better, uh, reduced the risk of recurrence more than using tamoxifen plus ovarian suppression. Um, and some people have said that this could be practice changing. Can you explain why this might be and, and what the benefits might be? Yes, so this study was very interesting and I do agree that the results could be practice changing. Basically, when a premenopausal woman has breast cancer, we know that if she gets chemo and her ovaries stop functioning, meaning she goes into premature menopause, she actually does better in terms of breast cancer survival and that's because the ovaries have shut down the production of estrogen, which estrogen feeds uh, uh, ERPR positive tumors. So with this knowledge, the investigators said, well, what if we suppress the woman's ovarian function and therefore make them postmenopausal with medication or by taking out their ovaries or doing uh, radiation to, uh, to, to get rid of the ovaries? Okay, so that's what they did, and they, you know, we're going to, we're going to treat some women with tamoxifen and ovarian suppression and some with aromasin and ovarian suppression. And aromasin, of course, is more appropriate for postmenopausal women. And some women just got tamoxifen and no ovarian suppression. And what we found out was that there were basically two groups of women in the study, one that seemed to benefit from ovarian suppression and one that did not benefit. The group that did not benefit were premenopausal women who were a little bit older and who had low-risk tumors uh, and whose doctors felt that chemotherapy was not indicated. Those women did not benefit from the ovarian suppression. Uh, the group that did benefit, however, were younger women with breast cancer who, who did have higher-risk disease that was felt to be that, that they would that they were felt to benefit from chemotherapy so after those women got chemotherapy if their ovaries were still functioning mm -hmm. they suppressed the ovaries and gave the women either tamoxifen or aromasin mm -hmm. and they found out that the women who got tamoxifen and ovarian suppression did better than tamoxifen alone mm -hmm. and the women who got aromasin and ovarian suppression did better than the women who got tamoxifen and ovarian suppression, and they did significantly better. Mm -hmm. So I think for the young group of patients who have high-risk breast cancer for whom chemotherapy is important, 
who then uh, go on to keep their ovaries functional, that this will be practice changing for that uh, group of women because then they should have their ovaries suppressed by either surgery, radiation, or medication, and they should get aromasin, not tamoxifen. And is it, um, are these women then taking aromasin, is it for five years? Is it the normal course of hormonal therapy? Do we know? So I think in this study, they took it for five years. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, so I, I think if I was, and, and actually the follow-up for this study is only five years. Okay. So we don't know what's going to happen in the next five years with the patients. I mean, I think if, I think if I, in my patients who are in this situation, based on this data, I would probably start with five years of aromasin and then put them on tamoxifen for five years after that. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. And I know one thing too, um, the investigators said they were going to continue the study, continue to follow the women and look at quality of life and side effects too, because as we all know there are side effects associated with both tamoxifen and the aromatase inhibitors, and some women, um, the side effects are so severe they stop taking the medicine. So um, that will be interesting to to see those results as well as the study continues. Right. You know, you worry about thinning of the bones and that sort of thing in this younger population. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so that's that was uh, some very, very interesting research. Uh, there was another study that actually breastcancer.org was involved in. Um, Dr. Marisa Weiss, our president and founder, presented this study as a poster. And this study looked at breastfeeding and its ability to reduce the risk of breast cancer. And I do know that um, this it was a meta-analysis, so it looked at a lot of different studies. And it found that the... Um, that Breastfeeding actually reduced the risk of breast cancer more than other studies had found. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's something that certain women can do if they are so inclined, and the, the benefits may be greater than have been seen before. Right, and I think we've known about the benefit of breastfeeding in terms of breast cancer, but... This is a very large, very good study, and as you said, the result was better than expected. And, you know, breastfeeding for women who've had children, um, it's free. There's benefits for the mom and the kids. And I looked at one statistic where in Great Britain, only about 1% of women who uh, were having babies were breastfeeding for the recommended uh, six-month period of time. And I think anything that is, you know, so inexpensive and has such an upside really needs to be encouraged. And, you know, there's, there's weird social stigma about it. And, you know, I'd just like to see us all get past that and just encourage more women to breastfeed mm-hmm. if they can. Definitely. And uh, I think one, the other thing that was interesting that came out of this research, it was really the first time that research has shown and confirmed that Breastfeeding, even for a short time, so even if women did not breastfeed um, for the recommended length, there was still risk, they still got benefit from it. So even breastfeeding for a short time is better than not breastfeeding at all, according to these results. Agree totally. Okay. 
another study, now this, uh, this study confirms, I think, what we've already known, and that was that um, tamoxifen offers long-term results, or excuse me, long-term results, long-lasting risk reduction for women. Um, it, it kind of confirms what we've known, that if you are a woman who has a higher than average risk of breast cancer and you decide to take tamoxifen to reduce that risk, uh, these benefits are going to be very long-lasting. I believe it was up to 20 years, according to the study. Yeah, and the great thing about it is, you know, a woman's only taking tamoxifen for five years. And this study really confirms that the effect lasts much, much longer than that. So the way I'll use this in my discussions with women uh, regarding prevention with tamoxifen is that it's the gift that keeps on giving. And (laughs) even after you're done taking the medication, uh, the effect lasts really long. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this study. That's that's great, and that you know that confirms too that that uh, for women who are taking tamoxifen, they may be at high risk. That you know you can feel good about what you're doing because you're really helping yourself in that mm-hmm. way. Um, exactly. Okay, and sort of sticking with uh, hormonal therapy, then there was another study uh, looking at women who had been diagnosed with advanced stage breast cancer, and it found that for these women, for the the first treatment when they've just been diagnosed with advanced stage disease, that Faslodex s- seem to offer better uh, survival than mm-hmm. Arimidex. Right, right. Now, is that, nor- is that surprising, or have, have we kind of known that? I, I'm a little surprised by it. So when a woman is diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer and she hasn't been treated yet, we usually start her on hormonal therapy, and that could be aromacin, Femara, Arimidex. Um, and the general consensus has been that one is not better than the other. Okay. So now we have this phase two study, which uh, granted is an early study and needs to be confirmed by a larger study. Mm-hmm. But we have this phase two study suggesting that actually Fazildex may be better. Uh, and I think that could be a very big change uh, and, and could definitely impact the way we treat women with metastatic breast cancer. Now, you know, if a woman has life-threatening uh, metastatic breast cancer, say, in her lungs or her liver, then she'll start out with chemotherapy. So we're talking about most women who's, who, who have metastatic breast cancer who do not have disease that is life-threatening or galloping out of control where we can start hormone therapy up front. And I will definitely await the results of the upcoming phase three trial uh, for confirmation here. But if the phase three trial confirms the results, it will definitely change practice for me. Okay. And do we have any idea why Fazlodex seems to be working better? Does it have a different mechanism of action? Yeah, it does have a slightly different mechanism of action than the other... than the other hormonal therapies, the aromatase inhibitors. Okay. So that might have something to do with it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, And then the last study that we are going to talk about um, is, again, looking – well, not again, but it's it's actually – uh, looking at diet, and there was a study we've written about the results from this study several times on the site. It's the the WIN study, and it's basically a women's intervention nutrition study, which is what WIN stands for, and it's looking at a low-fat diet and its effects on breast cancer 
uh, breast cancer risk reduction, risk of recurrence, all those things. And in San Antonio this year, we found out that eating a low-fat diet reduces um, or improves survival in some women diagnosed with early-stage breast cancer. And it seemed that it was much more effective in women who had, which was it, um, what do I want to say, hormone receptor negative breast cancer, not hormone receptor positive. So it seemed like it was really a benefit in these women. And I guess my question is, I, you know, I think this is great. Anything that improves survival is great. But do we know, can we tease out whether it was actually eating the low fat diet or was it just because, or was it because these women were eating a low fat diet and they almost all lost weight on this diet? Was it the weight loss or was it actually the low fat diet that improved survival? I think it's very hard to know for sure. I will say that the results are somewhat counterintuitive. Uh, We know that obesity increases the levels of estrogen in your body, and that would, I would think, contribute to uh, worse worse outcomes for ER hormone receptor positive uh, cancer. So it's a little surprising that the women who decreased their fat intake had more of a benefit for hormone receptor negative cancer. So, you know, that... That could be an effect of weight. That could be an effect of lower fat intake. I mean, it could also be an effect of, you know, just generalized better health when you lose weight because we know that obesity is associated with heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, some of which could also potentially contribute to the development of breast cancer. Right, right. So but the bottom line is, you know, we all, we all should be eating a healthy diet and trying to get down to a healthy weight and, you know, the benefits go way beyond breast cancer prevention too. Right, right. Yeah, that, when you say that, that is very interesting that it was, the effect was more pronounced in women diagnosed with hormone receptor negative disease because, mm-hmm. yeah, fat does store estrogen. That, hmm, that's very interesting. That's very Yeah, I'm scratching my head about it right now, but hopefully, <laughs> uh, you know, when we see the, 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 when we see the full publication, it might, they might tease that out for us. Yeah, maybe they'll talk about it. I do know that um, the women lost about six pounds on the diet. So, it, I mean, for people, anybody out there who's thinking, oh, you know, it's impossible to lose weight, it's really hard. According to this study, if, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, Brian, I mean, it sounds like you don't even have to lose that much weight. It's just that Well, you're... honestly, honestly, Jamie, six pounds is not a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And my, I'm more inclined to think that, uh, you know, if you're losing an average of only six pounds, that's that's negligible, and I, and so I'd be I'd be tempted to say it probably wasn't the weight loss and probably the low fat diet. So okay, so maybe it was there. Based maybe on that, I mean yeah. that's that's not a scientific conclusion, but right. that's a gut feeling I have. Okay, okay, so maybe there's something about the fat that's. Um affecting it i don't know and then of course we could go into well what kind of fat were they eating we don't know (laughs) so which are you know i always have all these questions about nutritional and food studies because it's uh, you know it's never as as easy as it sometimes appears on the surface but um it is good to know that this low-fat diet did seem to improve survival and as um, dr brian said we will await the full publication of this so maybe we can get some of our questions answered yeah, it'll be nice to re-examine that when that comes out. Right. Um, well, thank you so much, Dr. Brian. That's been our, our wrap-up from San Antonio this year. There's several interesting studies. And um, definitely stay tuned. We'll probably be talking about a few more as more results 
come out um, on our January Research News podcast. So uh, again, Dr. Brian, thank you so much, and we will talk to you again next month. Okay, very good. Take care, Jeannie. You too.